Hello and welcome to episode 10 of season 5 of The Three Amigos. I'm your host, Mars, and as always, I'm joined by my amiga, Carly, and my amigo, PJ. Guys, how are we doing? Adios. Great to be here. Ad- wonderful. Adios. Just wonderful. Yeah. Well, we're, we're recording uh, literally at the end of the first half of uh, the, Everton, the Wolves-Everton game. So if you hear some uh, background noise or some mad celebrator, well... Only Carly has a player, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, look, look, let's get into it. So we will start with the with the goal with the with the scores from uh, last week. And PJ, you're uh, you're top again with uh, 56 points. I think you're all out, right? 56 all out. When uh, your I, sub comes I, in, I am 57 all out actually. Um, uh, because I oh, did the keeper, the keeper bench wankery um, for all it was worth for Sanchez and Steele. But yeah, a, a steady as you know a steady week. It looked it looked pretty good kind of Saturday afternoon. Um, but, you know, I didn't feel the compulsion to post my fake rank on Twitter at that time. Um, and what would have been quite a sizable green arrow is probably now likely to be pretty much a grey arrow, um, owning kind of no players in the last two fixtures and, and a lot of um, good-looking assets for likes of Jimenez and obviously the Wolves clean sheet on the cards at the moment. So I'll probably end up similar to where I was. Um, obviously, Ronaldo was my kind of main guy who did the business for me, um, keeping him, uh, and of course, my hero and starting defender, Liveramento. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's similar to you. Uh, um, so I, I, I come second with 53 points. Uh, Ronaldo um, did, did, the, did the main business for me. Uh, Rudiger, um, yeah, Rafinha, obviously Rafinha, can't forget. 16 points on the bench, but to be honest, let's be honest, I was never starting the Oman, as I call him, Omar, Omar Bemedeli, uh, from Norwich. He was my second on the bench, and uh, obviously Livermento was, uh, was first on the bench. Kylie, you're currently on 33 plus whatever Juan decides to do, and the way, the way that game is going, it could be anything. Um, yeah, um, Some of this was self-inflicted and some of it was just frustrating. Um, I mean, obviously, the Azpilcueta situation continues to torment. It's quite frustrating because I, pre-wildcard on the international break, actually had Rudiger. Although, you know, I I prefer Chilwell as an option at the moment, but I I did have Rudiger and then he was injured. So I changed him to Azpilcueta, which has, you know, since been disastrous. Um, So I've missed out on the clean sheets. Uh, the last two weeks and the real big frustration for me was that for reasons that are unknown I well I do know why my condition was such that I was making logical decisions Uh, just before deadline I benched Ramsdale for Foster that is horrifying and I at no point would it even occur to me to do that but it's like I was admittedly a little bit hungover after work drinks the night before and I had um, wedding dress shopping to do, and I was a bit frazzled. So when I looked at my team, I I just thought, oh, okay, Watford are playing um, Southampton. You know, they don't score a huge amount of goals. I have Vardy, so, you know, and Ramsdale hasn't done anything for me. You know, at no point stopping to think um, Watford are terrible and um, playing Foster is just not a good decision at all. Like, that didn't sort of occurred to me. Uh, so I made that move. And then about three minutes later, after the deadline, had that crushing moment of, of reality dawn as I thought, I have made a terrible decision. And lo and behold, I had. So. <laughs> well, to be fair, you weren't, you weren't the only one. Um, I think, I, you know, th- this is why I hate having two keepers, because I think it was 
on balance, possibly the logical one. Like, Leicester at home are always going to score, well, so always score goals. Vardy loves to play Arsenal. I thought Leicester would give a better game to Arsenal. Yeah. I still think... However, if you had the one keeper, you wouldn't have had to make that choice. Yeah, and I mean, I, I usually don't get into the business of, of swapping keepers. Um, it's not something I'd ever considered. Um, so it's really strange that I did. It's like I realised, oh, actually, I have a backup keeper that plays and just decided to make the move without really giving it any thought. So I, I just kind of have to wear that. But it's really was quite frustrating that this was the week that Ramsdale decided to actually deliver. <laughs> yeah. But well, anyway, PJ, listen, we, we're just mere amateurs in comparison to the to the guys in the top of the Amigos League. So take us through that, please. Yeah, no problem. The uh, current top five of a Free Amigos FPL Classic. In number five, Bitin Mukherjee with Shawshank Redemson. In fourth, Gary Cook with Ale Le Chef. In third, Josh Wainwright, Red Army. Number two, down from one, Ger Newman, the Nearly Man. And up to number one with a storming 76 point and counting game week is James Stairs with Don't Go Bacon My Heart. Well, that was such a an easy run for you today. Mm. It was, it was some, quite some good. Some new names as well. Also, Don't Go Bacon. Names. Is there a footballer called Bacon that I'm missing here? He just, he just, no, maybe he just likes does he um, like bacon products. Yeah, yeah so he just, yeah, just slipped that in there. Isn't don't it, Go Bacon it, My Heart. Yeah, but isn't it Don't Go Breaking My Heart? And he changed it to Bacon. Yes. Yeah, but the heart is <laughs> also... Uh, heart is already the footballer. Heart is... He's changed it to Heart as in um, Joe Hart. But Bacon yeah. is in there. Kevin? Kevin uh, Bacon? It feels like there should be a footballer called Bacon. <laughs> maybe there is. You never Just know. Just somewhere. I, I, Why don't you find out, Tyler? I was in school somebody called Chris Bacon, so I don't go think he's a professional your, footballer. Go back That's to your 90s panini sticker I collection, Tyler. I work with Chris Bacon. Oh, well, ask him if you went to uh, Catrum School. You never I know. Really anyway, <laughs> moving on. Marzi, what right. are we going to chat about this week? Sorry? I said, what are we? I was teeing you up, you know, like on a radio show. You know, like on oh, a professional yes, podcast. Yes. My bad, my bad, <laughs> my bad, yeah. Well, it, it, it's one of those. It, it, it's a funny rant because I just, I'm a bit fed up whenever I go on Twitter and I see, oh, bench jam, oh, bench jam, oh, bench jam. The reason we have people like Livermento or players that we always say have somebody who plays is in case rotation kicks. So don't go mad at people who get lucky just because you didn't. It's just, it's part of the parcel of the game. You will get sometimes, you'll get it. Sometimes it'll go against you. Just deal with it. And the other one is I'm absolutely bored of, oh, everyone is captaining Salah. His CEO is going to be 200%. Don't captain him then. Have the balls, have the cojones to not captain him. A lot of people did and got and got killed by by Havertz. I don't think it was the wrong decision at the time, and I still think sometimes Salah's not going to be the best option on paper. There are better options, but you're too scared because of his EO, yet you still complain about it. Well, have the cojones to not captain him then. Mars out. Thanks, Marzi. Certainly agree with the second part of that rant. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you. Were I knew that was coming. <laughs> Anyway, more on that later, uh, folks. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right, guys, let's get into uh, into the topic. So, um, our first topic is is the old debate of form over fixture or fixture over form. Uh, it's it's about to get hot again because we've got teams like Spurs, Brentford, and City coming into good fixtures. West Ham going into tough tough run of fixtures. 
and people, right, managers uh, rightly, have are thinking about their players. They're in their minds, but there's major doubts. We have um, questions coming in from our mate um, Benny Blanco. Um, he's he's asking, Spurs are, are shit. Do we avoid them totally now? Even the prodigal son, uh, little Jason, little Jason is saying, well, I went ahead the curve. I've got Reguilon, Kane, and Sonny. Now, with two transfers in the bank and maybe a cheeky minus four, how should I spend the 27 million replacing all the three of the useless bloody idiots? And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and the last one was from FBL saying, absolutely waffle. Is it, is it time to jump off Brentford assets? Is Son still viable d- despite Spurs being in meltdown? Well, obviously now the news that we have is that Spurs have sacked Nuno and potentially Conte's coming in. So, Kylie, I'm going to start with you. We're going to start with Spurs to you. Kane on Son. High cost, awful performances so far. There are definitely better options at their prices. Yet they've got a beautiful run. We have a bit of time now to see what if Conte comes and what happens before that beautiful run starts. What What are you thinking? The usual, th- these are the usually reliable duo. Are you going to get one? Are you going to avoid? Wait and see? Well, tell us. Lucas well, Moura I... is back on the menu, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'd I'd argue that in theory, the beautiful run starts straight away because I mean we're we've just seen the Everton performance and um it's it's hardly been stellar and and then there's leads after that so pretty much straight away they've got a good run and and then we obviously get into the sort of Norwich end of things um so that run until obviously game week 18 when they play Liverpool and then they have a nice series of fixtures until about game week 22 again so it, it's not even just like a short window it, it's a really sustained long run of good fixtures which in previous seasons would have seen us all diving on these guys straight away um I think the the news about you know and the sacking there adds an interesting element to things because mm, even though I think a lot of people would have still jumped on them just purely based on the fixtures and pedigree from previous seasons more so in relation to Kane because Son has performed this season. Um, but I think there might have still been, you know, a, a bit of reticence, whereas, you know, now we're thinking about new manager bounce. It looks like it's going to be Conte coming in. And I think that's renewing a degree of excitement in the community about maybe these guys being revived. Um, I mean, look, the if you look at the the start of the season, all right? So maybe if we look at the last four games, right? That includes, obviously, the Newcastle match, which they were guaranteed to win because I was there to uh, basically ensure that win with my hoodoo. Um, but if you include all of that, right, then they're mid to lower mid table across attempts, shots on target, and big chances. So that's the last four. If you actually look at the last two game weeks, right, it's a small sample but it still just kind of shows how horrific they've been um they were second bottom on attempts with 16 the only team worse than them was newcastle right that's frightening um then they were fourth worst for big chances um with only norwich newcastle and brentford faring worse than them and then for shots on target they were joint second worst with norwich uh, only ahead of Newcastle with four in those two game weeks. So it's pretty grim reading uh, coming into this period. And I think obviously it, it's that combo of fixtures, new manager, etc. There's kind of 
making us think about them. And I think that's what's really making people talk about Kane, the hope that, you know, this change might kind of encourage him to, I don't know, find that hunger again, because he's looked very lazy and kind of uninterested this season since he didn't get his move. Um, and I just, yeah, to I be honest, I Son, for me, I think Son is a brilliant player. Son is definitely trying. I mean, he's been surrounded by crap, let's be completely honest, right? So it relies on a bit of individual brilliance from him. He's absolutely capable of it. But, you know, we, we look at Rafina for Leeds, right? It, it's kind of a similar situation. Excellent player who's surrounded by maybe not so much talent, right? Or or certainly in the Spurs example, maybe talent that talent that's not firing. Um and they're not going to score every single week in that situation. So it, it makes it a little bit difficult. But I, I think Son is nailed. I think most people are going to be just like, let's get Son in. He's certainly more affordable of the two. I think the opportunity for differential is there with Kane, particularly because we have misfiring premium forwards. Obviously, Ronaldo got back on the score sheet this week, so maybe that changes the tone of things. And we know that United do have a fixture swing coming again. Um, but otherwise, you know, we don't have a massive amount of forwards that are really appealing at the moment. So that's maybe why Kane is of interest in the community today. Yeah. I would need to see something tangible from him, though, before I'm willing yeah. to invest that amount of money. Because I think there are other options out there, perhaps in midfield, that are a better spend or a better yeah. use of I think, I think it's that I think effort you, factor you, that you were saying. Sorry, yeah. Mars, just very quickly. Yeah, but you said that Son, Son had and he was trying. And, and Kane, Kane is just... He just he just doesn't look hungry at the moment. And I think that's the most worrying thing. Um, I think the player who interests me most, particularly if, if Conte does come and plays his normal f- formation, would, would would be regular on, who, who I think is a, a good option anyway. But playing wing back, uh, you know, I think he could he could he could you know almost be a kind of cheapskate kind of you know kind of almost kind of Chelsea defender kind of level. So he he's one I'd keeping an eye on. For for now, I think Spurs are still a little bit watch and wait. But but anyway, sorry, Marzi, you were saying. No, no, no. I was going to say I, I agree. I think it, a lot of people who are sort of some people who are carded have Kanan, and I think for me now you hold him. Uh, if 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 the manager change hadn't come in, I probably would have said. It's a sell. Just sell. Ronaldo's back in form. They've got a good fixtures. But you can hold Kane now until Ronaldo's actual good fixtures because Ronaldo's got City next. So you don't really have to jump. You can wait and see. And Lukaku's still not back here. And as we just said, a lot of the options are a bit misfiring. You know, Antonio's, uh, you know, not scoring in every game. There's no one striker that is actually going hell for leather at the moment, right? So you can hold. Whereas with Son, I completely agree, by the way, about the fact that he's the one trying. And I, I think with the with the opponents coming up, you know, the leads and etc. He's there so he was my plan for week twelve and I will continue and, and my plan is to still bring him in for week twelve. Obviously I'll I'll see the how it goes with the with the Everton game which is away I believe. But my, that is my plan right now is uh son in for, for habits. So right good chat about spares. PJ let's let's cover the, the, the Brentford question and look Brentford are struggling off late. The three losses on the bounce uh, two two goals, I believe. Um, Raya out for a while, which is make them a bit more susceptible at the back now. Um, they they are creating chances, although Kylie just had them actually. I thought they were a bit higher than what what Kylie had them, uh, and 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 not scoring enough goals. Like 
So talk to me about Tony and Mbwemo. Do you think Mbwemo coming back will help them and help Tony? Or is it always going to be close but no cigar? Because we see that he keeps hitting the post. Tony's trying again, but nothing there at the moment. Yeah, I think I think it's a difficult one, but I do agree that Mbwemo is the key. They look a better team with him. They visibly missed him at the weekend. His stats are kind of off the scale. We obviously know how many times he's hit the woodwork, but um, he, he he shoots, he, he creates. His movement um, also creates a space for, for Tony. So him coming back is very key. And at his price, particularly given a few of those kind of assets are kind of dropping off, um, uh, um, obviously the likes of Benarama, um, but some others as well, um, are not kind of maybe kind of delivering at that price range at the moment. I think Mumbuemo remains providing he's back to full fitness, which he assumes he would, just a fantastic cut rate option for the next few game weeks. Tony is, is a difficult one because his his stats still hold up. He's missing so many chances, though. And I'm certainly one of these people who favours what I consider to be a striker out of form over kind of XG. Yes, he should be scoring more goals. Yes, he's getting good chances, but crucially, he's fucking missing them, and he doesn't look like he's full of confidence. Okay, he could score one off his ass like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and suddenly he could go on a run. That run could be in the next game. But he, he's not a player who I'd be desperate, desperate to move for. He's a, he's a firm hold because the fixtures are obviously far too good to consider transferring him out. I've seen some people considering moving him on, and I think that's insane, but if you're in my position, which I am, well, I've got Josh King, who's got terrible fixtures coming up next. Done me proud. I want to move him on. Mwemo, yes, but a double up with Tony, I think, is I think is probably too much. Um, I think I'd rather own Mwemo for a, a million less, given he he you know he also gets extra points if he ever manages to find the net. So so I think it's a difficult one. But um, you know, Tony doesn't look in great form. But if he doesn't score in the next three he probably ain't going to score much all season. So the onus is on yeah, him to, yeah. to, you know, to deliver now. I, 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 I think that out of form is a bit hot. You know, he's still, he's still the pinnacle, uh, the, or not pinnacle, the focal point for them. Still involved. Um, even the highlights against um, Burnley, he's the one who had the chances. But I see what you're saying. That you know you need a bit more from from him at his point because you can always just go down to a four point five and play play three five two or four four two. There's so many good defenders at the moment with the Chelsea boys etc. That you can get to if you downgrow Tony. So I can see the, the uh, I can see the why people would want to do it. But I agree with you regarding. I mean, he, he's had twenty five attempts. Home. He's had eighteen in the box. 18 shots in so the, the box. So the chances are there. Um, you, yeah. Now, what, the hope is... He's, against, missed, uh, he's missing big against chances. The worst defense, against the worst defence, you hope that he will capitalise on this. That's you would hope, think so. As, you would think owner, so. And look, an look so many teams this season have been woefully out of form. Leeds recently, obviously, and who rocks up? But Norwich and people just... Really nice I mean, they, they just look yeah. terrible. If they, if they win a game all season, I'm sure they will because it's almost unheard of, but it is it is ridiculous how poor yeah. they look yeah uh, and um, on 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 embuemo um, i mean my plan was always sato embuemo this uh, next week again for the fixtures and and i'm and i feel i think i'm going to go for it because like you said so at his price there's not many that are pulling trees again right now everton are going through an awful run of, run, run of form so i'm not really looking at their players again um, and I just think the fixtures are too good for that price. And it, it, the, the risk is so low 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna gamble with the double up and hope that they either work together or or one of them delivers. So, but but again, um, if you don't have Tony, I don't know if he's a desperate go and get right now. I Kylie, what, yeah, what do I don't think I'd be going and buying Tony personally. I, I think obviously if you have him, um, you keep. It's just a little bit tricky on current form to maybe go and buy him. Um, I I have Mbwemo. I'm I'm happy with him. Obviously, him being a no-show this week was not unexpected, kind of frustrating, just given other people who also didn't show. But um, he... Guarantees he will start next week, though, because he was on the bench. Yeah, I mean... Nice and fresh. Yeah, and, like, the, what can be definitely said for, for him and... Um, and Tony is that, you know, typically speaking, short of an injury, as as we saw the week before with, with Mbwemo when he came off early, you know, they are 90-minute men. They, they, they play the match. They're very reliable starters. And um, particularly with people investing in um, the likes of City and Chelsea, where there's much more rotation, um, you know, it, it's good to have those kind of stalwarts in your team, particularly when they are facing good fixtures and the likes of Norwich. Um, I mean, I think the thing with Mbwemo is, yeah, there is a, obviously a frustration in terms of the fact that he somehow manages to hit the post, which is a lot smaller than the actual goal area that he could score into. So it's like, how is that even possible? Uh, I feel like you need to be even more clinical to hit the post each time consistently. And maybe he has something in his contract where if he does that enough, he gets a bonus. I don't know. But um, <laughs> he, he has like broken records for for that yeah. particular thing and I mean we all know my experiences last season with another frequent crossbar slash post hitter Trossard um I'm hoping that Buemo won't do me the way Trossard did but we have yet to see I still think <laughs> you know with those amounts of of attempts and I think him being back in the team I hope that we will see them deliver but it's yeah hard I think Tony just feels a little bit harder to buy for those reasons Definitely, no, that, um, that PJ said as well just because again Mbwemo being cheaper yeah. the extra point I think he's very prolific with the attempts you got you have to feel that it's going to convert at some point definitely definitely, definitely against right him. yeah right so uh the last the last ones the double bubble Antonio and Verrahma Four goals in uh, uh, four goals in the game, one assist between them. They've got uh, Liverpool, City, and Chelsea in, in three three in the next five. Uh, now look, look, Antonio still looked absolutely lively. Assisted the assister twice. Could have had two assists in that game. Um, what do you think, Kylie? Do you think he's a he's a hold, a sell? Um, I mean, what, what would you do? You, I think well, you've got Antonio. What what would you do right now? If we start with Antonio, then go to Rahma? Okay, Antonio is a little bit tricky, right? Because obviously we can see that there's a, a decline in not just his his points, his returns, but statistically there's a, a decline as well, right? So just for a bit of context, if we look at uh, game week one to game week four and then game week seven to ten, obviously he missed out on, on game week five, right? So this gives us a four-week sample either side. Um Obviously, in the first four game weeks, four goals, three assists, mental, right? We've had one goal in the last four games. Um, 18 attempts in the first four, 10 in the last. 
eight shots on target in the first four, two in the last four. Six big chances, first four, two in the last four. Um, and I, I guess minutes per attempt is is 19.8 minutes in the first four and 36 now, so that's doubled. Um, and we can see his shot accuracy was 44.4%. It's now 20%. So what what is interesting, and it kind of goes back to what you were just saying about assisting the assister there, his chance creation um, and assist potential statistics have actually improved. They are looking not mammothly better, but certainly better. Although in that period, he didn't actually get an assist. Um, I think there is definitely a case for selling if you are so inclined because of the fixtures and the decline. The main issue, I think, is who do you sell for? That That's the bit that's not really clear. It's not that I'm saying you absolutely have to hold on to Antonio in theory because of his ownership there could be a really good opportunity there to make a change, go in a different direction when other people might feel compelled to hold due to ownership and due to uh, the amount that they have as far as his price increase, right? Um, if they held him, if he, they had him from the start, he's obviously gone up significantly. It would cost them to sell and then rebuy. These are things that could be factoring into people's minds. Um, it, it's just that I'm really... I think there's probably people who are looking at their teams and going, I've more urgent situations that I have to address. Antonio's kind of getting a little bit worrying. He's still very capable. He's somehow not got injured yet. I hope I haven't put the markers on him. Um, <laughs> but I, I just I just think that it's really tricky with, with strikers at the moment. Yeah. And, I mean, look, some of us uh, have Vardy. Uh, because everyone broke him, so now all he's capable of getting is one point a game. That's a bit of a concern, particularly at his price. So I don't know. I feel like for me personally, I won't be selling Antonio this week, but I can understand yeah. why people would, definitely. Now, look, uh, looking at the fixtures individually, Liverpool defence is all over the place. As a Liverpool fan, I'll tell you, Antonio loves scoring against us. West Ham will create chances. They, By the way, West Ham as a team are on fire at the moment. They're creating so many chances. And, you know, we're talking about the Rahma, but you could go Bowen, you could go Fornals as options to in, in similar prices of, we were talking earlier about Mbwemo, if you really want. Of course, you probably wouldn't go because of the fixtures, but the way they're playing is fantastic to start to start off. Antonio's always involved. And, he, you know, he is the talisman and he will play in every game as long as he's fit. So that's where sometimes I find hard to sell a player like that. Now, of course, if you have, if you're thinking of a different move, for example, you want to bring Ford in for City's uh, fantastic run and, and you want to downgrade Antonio to do that. The fact that he is playing those top, you know, City, uh, Liverpool and Chelsea gives you a little bit of confidence. Also, like, although, like I said, LFC's defence is not great. City have been struggling, right? He, he can bully the hell out of these defenders. So maybe Chelsea is the only team out of those three that is a, a real uh, five on the, t- on the hardness ticket, if you like. Um, but the other thing for me is the fixture run after. It's, it's, it's two transfers. Why? Because in 18, he plays Norwich. And there is no way you don't want him versus Norwich. Is it, is it the team that he scored? Who did he score for against last year? No, it was, I don't was know, it but it feels like another yeah. four-goal exactly. Antonio Bonanza. Uh, if, if I do sell, and I might sell him too, he, he will be, if I bring in Son, one, one of the few ways if I don't sell Ronaldo for me to bring Foden in is to, to temporarily send, sell Antonio. Which is I'm not, which I'm not completely against, 
based on the fixtures, based on everything that we just said. However, my plan is to bring him straight back into 18. Him and potentially another midfielder, whether it's Ben Rahma, Bowen, whatever, because their run is ridiculous from 18 onwards. And they play all the teams that you want your, your forwards and attacking midfielders to play. So for me, if you're selling him, you need to think about a route back because you would want him for those fixtures if he is fit. Yeah. So I think, we, uh, PJ, is there anything that extra you want to add that we haven't covered, myself and Kylie? Or shall we move on to the next topic? No, just that I'm selling Ben Rama and I'm really upset about it. It's okay, mate. You know, w- once you know how to say his name, you can buy him again. Until you then, just no. sounded <laughs> so heartbroken and desolate. Yeah. Well, I don't, like, I, don't like, I don't like to see my trains come to an end. But, you know, this one was a good one. I've enjoyed him and I'll probably buy him back. Like Marty said, in, while, in four or five weeks. All right, Kylie, don't rub it in. He did get you a, a little assistance. He did. He got a cheeky leaving present, and which he yeah. stole. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was dire. Yeah. One of your better friends, <laughs> to be fair. Right, guys, our second topic is... Oh, better get ready, Kylie. Get your, I'm, I'm getting my shisha ready. You get your wine ready because we might be sitting quiet for a while. But it's about... Um, this is uh, dangerous, Mars, because yeah. I'm on a dry November. Oh God! You need something because me and you are going to be quiet for a while. Because Christmas is always, you know, um, you know, Christmas is a lot of drinking, and and also I was, I was in a bad way on Saturday, so I felt like right. I needed. Kylie, the life. world's going to end. Don't put put yourself through it. A week, maybe. A week, maybe, but not you, a month. Maybe, maybe put bets on how long I last. Not a month. Yeah. Just do it All to right, the international guys, break. Our second, our second topic is about team structure and bench points. Many wildcard teams have double City, Chelsea, and maybe TAA in. Um, Meaning players like Livermento and White are rooted on their bench. We said last week Livermento is the best insurance for the rotation policy. PJ, I know you feel differently about this. And we actually have a question about this from uh, 2.0 at Colosso FBL. What is worse, benching Livermento or James? I mean, I don't know who benched James, but I feel your pain. So, PJ, tell us how you really feel about Livermento being benched and what what is your point with regards to structure and uh, having double city go thanks Mars firstly as a disclaimer it's your team do what you want and don't feel you have to listen to me most of you are probably much better FBL players than I am but anyway what I wanted to talk about is specifically those people who, who were probably a little bit unfortunate because timing is everything in FBL to wildcard um, two or three weeks ago and wildcard at a point where the play, very sensibly, was to go big at the back on City and Chelsea. And whilst that play itself is, 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 not, is not dead in the water at all, it, it's led to really imbalanced teams and the vast majority of the people, some good FPL players who wildcarded at that stage have suffered quite dramatic kind of rank drops over the past two to three weeks and have left themselves with continuous points on their bench. And the reason for this is very simple. If you have Cancelo, DS, two Chelsea players, or, or TAA, most of those wildcard teams had four out of those five, plus Liveramento as a fifth, and fifth, as a fifth defender. Liveramento has never been a fifth defender. He's, he's way too good for that. He's probably too good to be a fourth defender, you know, but I, I, I take note on that. You know, he's, he should be a third defender. That he's that cheap is an absolute Brucey bonus, similar to Lundstrom in the first half of the season for Sheffield United, similar for lots of other, other of these assets which kind of creep through. Because he's cheap, 
all these wildcard teams just got him for four million on their wildcard and thought, right, that's my four million defensive slot sorted. But what it means is that you've got imbalance because you're benching a player who is starting in form for a team who are, who are playing quite well, who might keep the odd clean sheet, who is going to get the odd attacking asset as well. But unless you happen to own Chilwell and James, all of those teams have really suffered because obviously Manchester City have not kept any clean sheets kind of since that run. And so they're getting one pointers or two pointers from their Chelsea assets, their Manchester City assets, like I said, with the exception of Chilwell and James. And then they're benching the other players. But it's not just for defence. Because because obviously going big at the back is quite a cheap way of doing things. Most people didn't take in more than two premiums. Some people only took in Salah and spread for funds. Spreading the funds, one of the worst things you can do in FPL. It's reeled out at the start of every season of don't do this. But experienced players seem to do this on their wildcard two or three weeks ago. And I'm not quite sure why. There was lots of value, not just in Liveramento, in all these five million players. Smith-Rowe, Gallagher, Dennis, King, Saka, Benrama, Tony, Umbremo, Gray, Townsend. So many players in that kind of five to six million bracket have been performing this season. So what did these teams do? Not all, but a lot of them stuffed their teams full of eight playing attackers which meant that you suddenly have a squad of 15, particularly, Kylie, not to single you out, if you went Foster and Ramsdale and then inexplicably decided that Foster, who plays for the worst defence in the league apart from Norwich, should be a playing goalkeeper. So you've got 15 players who could all conceivably play and play well at any given time. The Um, only time... I would just love to insert. Thank you so much for um, not singling me out there. <laughs> Only on that one issue. <laughs> well, not, the others don't apply to me, but I will take that one on the chin. Well That's deserved. fine. That's yeah. fine. Um, but what it means is that you know the only time this tactic is useful is over Christmas, where there's loads of congestions, and obviously towards the end of the season, where all the kind of um, you know obviously all the chips start getting played with bench boost and the double game weeks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But so many people are using bench boosts now for six or seven points because they've got three or four really good options on their bench every kind of week. You, you, your fantasy football team surely has to be set up with a non-playing or a very limited playing four million defender and then a 4.5 million attacker, you know, a Brownhill, someone like that, you know, a, a Romeo, whoever it might be, somebody, an Alan, somebody who's only going to get two or three points. He's, they're your second sub. And your first sub is your insurance policy. So I don't actually have a problem with people putting Liveramento first sub. What I'm seeing, though, is Liveramento second or third sub with Smith Rowe or Gallagher or King or Dennis yeah. in them. And it's, and it's absolutely crazy. Because so what we've done, because Manchester City then haven't delivered, that all these these teams i mean you know rockstar rockstar's a better fbl player than i am you know he's a hero and a gent he benched 27 fucking points this week and that is solely i mean it's also incredibly bad luck but it is also because the wildcard setup meant that he spread his entire funds across 15 players rather than concentrating yeah. on a solid 12 and then just fodder for your yeah. final two yeah. bench pods so that's what i wanted to say on that and and my question to all those people who are who have set their wildcards up like that is is how do you correct it? Do you continue to give yourself this benching benching headache? Some people might manage it successfully. 
Some people might say, well, you know, all of my Man City and Chelsea defenders might be randomly benched one week. But I'm not seeing that rotation really in all the attacking spots. So, you know, do you change one to a 4.5 to suddenly accommodate? Because also that structure means you can't get a Son, you can't get a Rashford, mm. you can't get mm. a Vardy, because you've got it all kind of split between these five or six million assets, which was my fear right from the start with those teams who were who were kind of doing that because when those assets stop delivering there's no easy way to get to those other premiums anyway yeah. pj out please no, do what yeah, you want yeah t- t- take a breather <laughs> i don't want to alarm anyone but i think a Roby just scored yeah he did he's it's, another five to uh, six yeah. million people will be buying him now kylie oh make it stop <laughs> so pj i uh, i agree and disagree with some of your points and and, and look Everybody knows, or everybody who listens, and all people who speak to me about FPL know that I hate bench points. I absolutely hate. When I did my wild card, I had a uh, my last spot is actually now a player that is not even in the Leicester squad. That's how much I think of my third spot. Uh, then I had the old man, who's a, the 3.9 uh, defender at the time, and Livermento was always going to be my only bench player um, as as my uh, as my first. Side. But that those are and people ask me that what well, it's a risk. I I prefer my money. As you said, I prefer my money into my playing eleven. That's where I want my money. And and there was it, it, it's funny because there was a there was a different. It depends on when you did your wildcard. If you did it when, when Ronaldo and Lukaku just joined, you will see a lot of people with two or three premiums uh, and not much on the bench and and the, and the players that you mentioned. If you did it a bit later when Ronaldo and Lukaku went quietly, which is just the last few weeks, you would you would then see a lot more fun spread. Now I agree with you. I think spreading the Funds completely is, is 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 a dangerous game because you want to be a move or two maximum away from when a player like a lot of people now would want to bring Ronaldo back soon because he he's going on a, a ridiculous run and Ronaldo's Ronaldo so you need to be if you've spread your money so you don't have a, a premium striker or or any other premium part from Salah to get to Ronaldo it's going to be quite impossible or a lot of hits I, I can't talk I've my I timed my wildcard wrongly and I made some mistakes on the wildcard, which meant I had to take hits. But that, that, that's just, because, yeah, that, that's, that's on me, not, not, not on, the, on the fact that I decided to go with a, with a heavy team and, and, and a low bench. Where I disagree with you is I think there's a little bit of hindsight on the City and Chelsea defence. I think it was the right move, absolutely, if people had the money to set up, not, not big at the back, but you could, because of the playing midfielders that we had and the, the low prices in midfield, apart from Salah, basically, most of the midfielders that were delivering were probably eight and below. None of these guys at nine or uh, Son wasn't doing that much. Havertz is not doing anything, etc. So you could afford premiums, premium forwards, Salah plus uh, TAA and City and Chelsea. Now, at the time, I think City and Chelsea were the right call because of their fixtures. Now, obviously... Edison being bored in one game, giving away a penalty, and then City out being outplayed by Palace. Nobody could see that. It's now not. It's not meant to be. It's fixture. not meant to be. It's not. It's not meant to come across in hindsight. Those those City yeah, players. Yeah, no, no. Those City players are unlucky. I, I'm not saying yes. that people who went for Cancelo and Diaz are were were bad picks. I'm saying if you went for Cancelo and Diaz and then filled your bench with Liveramento, Smith Rowe, and Dennis. That's that's what I'm criticising. That's that, yeah, that, that but, poor use of funds yeah. with those other with with your other other players outside of that because you had it. You, I would have rather rather seen uh, yeah Brownhill a 3.9 million defender and just bank the money ready yeah. for when yeah. Son's fixtures yeah. turn. And actually, yeah, Phil, sorry, Ugh, 
scratched that out. I said Phil there because I just read your name. <laughs> it's okay. My name, my name is Phil. I think people have figured that out by now that the P stands for <laughs> Phil and not, say, penis. <laughs> anyway, um, to your point, though, uh, I, I actually completely agree with you. And I am one of those people that wildcarded in that sort of period two, three weeks ago. And obviously, it's now documented about the the Sun fiasco that happened, uh, where I removed him out of my team. But I had set up my team in such a way that my bench was Livermanto, Douglas Louise, who unfortunately didn't show this week, um, and Duffy. Right, with Duffy sort of the third on the bench, whatever option. Um, and then I I changed Son, as we know, um, but I left like five million in the bank because. I also don't like bench points. I, I think this season where we've got the whole Chelsea defensive rotation situation, it's really good to have a strong first bench option. But I, uh, to your point, I, I think Livermento is that option. I think you can play him some weeks and then I think you can keep him first on the bench, but that is absolutely where he should be. Um, and then you have playing alternatives if you can, but you can have playing very cheap second and third uh, third subs. They don't need to be those higher-end ones. I'm personally not someone who would ever be comfortable with benching a midfielder who cost about $5.5 million. I always feel that's too much investment on my bench, and I would rather have that money in the bank if I wasn't looking to spend it in my team at that time because I know that a time will come where I really want to have that money, and I don't want to be put in a position where I'm having to sell that 5.5 mid that I'm never planning to play uh, down to a 4.5 simply to release that extra bit of cash. So it does, I mean, we, we've all had bad experiences with excessive bench points before. And I think maybe because of those cheaper options and people having more money and then they've done that and there's also been a sense of there's so much rotation because we've got Tuchel and Pep doing it that maybe it's that fear factor that kind of caused people to invest a bit more in their benches than they normally would but I do think that it does create a headache I think spreading your funds in your 11 however you want right and it might make getting an additional premium a little bit more difficult but I think that's fine because you're probably just two moves maybe one completely if you want to play if you want to go big of a back and play four four two or even five 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 three three five three two rather whatever yeah by all means by all means do that it's just it's just you know it also makes transfers very difficult um I think Flapjack said this who obviously bench boost this week and looking at his team next week he could probably bench boost again if he had the chip his his squad is so strong he, he had a good week in fairness to him because he has James and Chilwell um but you know it's just like well kind of where do you where do you go from from there um it's just it's just really difficult and, and with Liveramento, i do think there's a bit of price bias there i think we're very bad at this particularly on fpl twitter whereby if we see someone as four million we we don't we take a long time we saw this with lundstrom we've seen this before to for it to kind of think hold on this person is is a starter um you know mm. he, he's one of the top scoring defenders in the game he's the best value player in the game him and reese james I, I by a distance by a distance, Completely I don't understand point. why um, you wouldn't take that as the as the yeah. win that it is to get him in your starting lineup and spread the funds elsewhere to get better Co- players in listen, that team. Co- Stop benching Liveramento. Yeah, but the only 
Yeah, the answer for me would be is the fact that with I'm playing with three defenders and I have Cancelo, Rudiger and TAA. He's not going to get ahead of any of them in any game. Cancelo He's better than all of them. Get against... rid of them. TAA's rubbish. Well, you just well, got one point. If, well, there we go. If I decide if I decide to sell one of them <laughs> to improve my team, then yes, maybe. And, uh, you know, potentially. But I, I agree with you. So I was one of these people. If you remember, I started Dallas against City. Why? Because I could see that Leeds were... Playing well last season, Dallas was an out-of-position uh, defender in playing in midfield and scoring. I Still also was one of those us. guys. <laughs> also one of these guys that always had Lundstrom in his team. But I think there are so many attacking options, out-of-position players playing for teams where you can afford, where which is why Livermore becomes sometimes the first bench this season. I think there's so many options. But I agree with you on on the spread of the funds. Etc. Now, the other thing is with Livermore is the fact that, you know, it's Southampton and with, with, with respect, I just can't see many clean sheets. And you say about attacking returns, he's had one. And in that game, he was an absolute on fire. I don't know what he ate before that game, but he was on fire. Apart from that, it's been the odd clean sheet. So you're risking six points versus a Cancelo, a TAA or a Chelsea defender going mad. I know which way I would go. But that's just the risk that you take. And I knew that I'm taking a risk. And listen, Livermore could score again. He, there will be game weeks where he starts for me, especially well, he did if get I want an to talk. assist. I'll just point out. So he's had actually had two yeah. attacking returns. But it was in the same game, wasn't it? No, or was it different, assist, ga- different, different game. game. Oh yes, and yes, actually, yes, yes. Just he has blanked once in the last eight game weeks. So you know, yeah. uh, he has been hero. Goddamn yeah. hero. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think. Right. I think we've got the point across. <laughs> Good discussion. So uh, let's move to uh, the listener questions as we have a few of them. Uh, right. So we'll start with a question from um, Jonathan Strack at JStrack1. What to do with Vardy? And is it now time to move off Asby as I'm missing all the Chelsea clean sheet and defend that attack in returns? Kylie, I know you have both. Tell us what you're doing with Vardy and Asby. Yeah, this is a very relevant question for me because they're, they're both players I own and um, both players I'm a bit concerned about. Uh, I originally brought Vardy in before the masses, uh, before Lukaku's injury, um, as a conscious decision to try and bet against Lukaku and, and go another way. And, and obviously, had he not got injured, maybe he'd have found form against Norwich and you know things could have gone really badly. But they happened as they did and... Everyone brought in Vardy, and Vardy has obviously not delivered since that time. And at his price, you know, that that's not necessarily ideal. So I don't think that he's like an urgent sell, but he's certainly on my watch list for someone that I'm very open to selling because he's no longer fitting the bill of, of what I really wanted him for. And even though he's now relatively highly owned, he's also not returning. Um but I think there's a, I don't think there's urgency there. I think the Azpilicueta situation is definitely more frustrating because obviously we've missed the, the last two games. We've missed uh, clean sheets that all of the other players have had. And obviously there's also been attacking returns aplenty. Um, not so much with Rudiger, obviously, but with, uh, with James and Chilwell. I just think with, with James back as well, um, they have plenty of options. I'm just, I just no longer feel that Aspilqueta is someone that I want to have, and I think that there is a case for for selling him. Obviously, we know that he missed due to injury, so it doesn't necessarily mean he's not 
going to play again. But that risk of missing out on more Chelsea clean sheets is really unappealing to me. It depends what kind of manager you are. We talked a bit about this last week in terms of would you make a sideways move on a Chelsea defensive asset? And if you're someone who needs the player to play like every game week, then your closest bet is Rudiger for that sort of stability. Chilwell, however, is the more appealing prospect, um, not least of which because he has such a high ceiling in terms of his attacking returns. James obviously has that as well. But what Chilwell has that James doesn't have is the fact that he doesn't seem to get subbed on late in the game. And we consistently see that happen with James when he's benched. And that obviously is really frustrating if you're going with the Livermento first on the bench strategy, because he will then block that. Um, whereas Chilwell's unlikely to. I don't think Chilwell is going to play every single game. I think we will see Alonso. Uh, but I think that his ceiling will more than make up for it. And at this point, based on the losses or the lost opportunity with Azpilicueta, it feels a worthwhile risk to me. So I wouldn't be taking a hit for it, but it is definitely something that I'm thinking of doing this week. Yeah, no, I completely agree agree with what you where, uh, with what you're saying, and I see where you're coming from. Obviously, there's there's a look, there's there's a midweek uh, Champions League game. See 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 who plays, starts, etc. Although James did start uh, two in a row. One thing that I've seen, which was a quote on I saw on Twitter, uh, basically uh, Tuchel say um, last time they played Burnley, he was saying Chilwell didn't do anything wrong. We needed the height to deal with with Burnley, which is why we started Alonso. Will Alonso start? I have no idea, but he said that last time they played Burnley. Yeah, so it's just uh, something that managers should watch out for. Those sideway, sideway moves can be a little bit annoying sometimes, especially if you get them wrong. Uh, and listen, if you want to do it, do it. But just realise that sometimes it, you could have done it at the wrong time where they don't play that game week, but then they'll be back again. It's not. About, I don't think it's about... I think Chilwell and James are the preference. Now, which means I think Asby will play a lot of games, but he might be more of a right centre-back rather than a right wing-back. Uh, I, yeah, that's and how because I, James that's back, what I see. there's not yeah. that extra um, role that he can play now is kind of gone because James is yeah. back. So yeah. he had, I feel, a bit more security because he, he you know, he could fit into either. Yeah. Um, and th- the thing is, that is definitely a risk, right, what you're saying there in terms of maybe Alonso suddenly features. I think I'm looking purely at my team and the challenge that I had this week is that I would have actually been okay with Azpilicueta missing out if it weren't for the fact that Embuemo did as well. So, you know, if if it was just Aspi, then Livermento would have come in anyway and it would have been fine. I'm not expecting Embuemo to miss out next week, right? Yeah. So then mm-hmm. if, Chilwell, if I went Chilwell and uh, he missed out and then my, my players all have good fixtures, so whether it's Livermento or someone else, I am going to have a solid first on the bench option. Yeah. So I can maybe, it. Maybe Forden will miss out for you next week. I'm joking. Anyway, listen, uh, good, 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 good discussion. As a, as a Rudiger owner, it's actually even harder. I can see why as be people it want, hard, as yeah. a Rudiger, he's guaranteed to start, but obviously he's not, well, mostly, but he's not going to get the returns that James and Chilwell are getting. And it's a decision, I think, for, 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 for us Rudiger owners, um, it's a move where you wait until you don't, it's a luxury move. Wait until you have nothing else to do. And if you have a spare transfer that you don't want to burn, then you might make that sideway moves. Unfortunately, we just have to bite the bullet now and hope that these two more for stop 
scoring for fun, but doesn't sound like they will because that's that's basically what Tuchel is telling them to do. So it's 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 an annoying one. But anyway, uh, good discussion. I think it was worth it because the Chelsea fullbacks are on fire. Uh, Ibi at Ibi three four three. PJ, I'm going to come to you. Hold on to Mount. Get Ronaldo or Bruno back. So quickly on Mount, he was off sick. Would you hold on to him or or sell and talk to me about Ronaldo and Bruno? Well, you've just got to wait for more news on Mount. It looks like he's going to be out of the Champions League game tomorrow. <laughs> but it was illness, wasn't it? I don't think it was an injury. So um, I think we'll just yeah, have to wait illness, and see. Yeah, it's he said it's not COVID-related. So. Yeah, we'll just, just wait how we see. I would imagine he'll probably come back over the weekend unless it's something pretty serious. So I would certainly hold until the press conference on Friday. Uh, Tuchel will hopefully give an update then. He's kind of mildly obliged to because we're aware of that injury um, slash illness. As for the other two, does he own both Bruno and Ronaldo still? Um, I think at this point, if you've got... No, he's asking if you go back to them. Oh, yeah, definitely, but but not this week, not against City. But afterwards, I mean, Manchester Manchester United have got an incredible run coming up. uh, And I think there is mileage to own two, you know, both assets with, with Salah, if you can afford it, for that run. But I wouldn't be any particular in any particular hurry you know i'd let the city game play out we've then got a long international break a a final international break of a year ahead of us so i I think my general advice to anybody would be if you can roll a transfer this week if you can get away with rolling a transfer do so certainly don't rip up your teams to bring someone in for a dodgy fixture heading into the international break is a recipe for disaster we've seen so many players go down with injuries already this season just you know try and try and nurse your way through it if you can yeah. Uh, right. Uh, FBL Bowet at Anfield at Romero and Dolvo. Now, bear with me because I'm going to try and, and decipher this tweet. <laughs> Basically, I think what he's saying is uh, average game week after 10 games, projecting to 38 game weeks for your total points, given that Man City most likely have 15 to 18 clean sheets in 38, which means almost 20 games, uh, 20 games without a clean sheet. Is it better? The question is, Carly, is it better to stick with just one defender rather than double up and go and basically get a, a defender from City, Chelsea and Liverpool rather than a double up on City? I think the uh, answer is yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what the first element about what your game week score extrapolated across kind of has to do with it. That bit threw me for a loop, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, but... Uh... <laughs> it's a yes or a no, Carly. Yes or a no. <laughs> I was just like trying to think of the, the maths component of the question and they got confused. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Good. Yes, agree. <laughs> there you go, yes. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, look, I've, I've always said, I've always not been, I'm not the keenest to people on double ups. I, of course, in hindsight, and even before people who said double on Chelsea, absolutely fair play, especially if you have now Chilwell and James, you're probably sitting there laughing uh, and flu. So there, there we go. These things happen. Um, right. FBL Acid. Uh, at FBL underscore Acid, he had a great game week, 70 points with Gray still to play. Congratulations. That basically means 72 points. Um, was all set, he was all set to move Ronaldo out for Tony before, before he bagged. Now Ronaldo's uh, state of tunes against Shaky City and the spotlight now go to Antonio or Vardy. Move one out to Tony or roll, PJ. We touched on Tony, we touched on Vardy, we touched on Antonio. So quick that's answer. A, yeah. That's a tough one. That is a tough one, that one. But I would, I okay. would hold. You would hold Tony. 
No, I, he no, said, he said, yeah, no, Ronaldo. Yeah. He's got Ronaldo. So no, no, no. He, he's he's holding Ronaldo. Uh, now he he is it's between. Um, uh, so the spotlight is Antonio or Vardy. Holly, Richard Holly, stop that! Stop that now! Stop that! All right. Sorry. Okay. I don't know what Richard Holly done. Right. <laughs> so basically, it's he's keeping Ronaldo now. And 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 the question is, uh, do you sell one of Antonio or Vardy to Tony or Roll? I still don't really understand my question. Let's just say Roll. Basically, do do you sell? It was my advice Antonio? for me earlier. <laughs> no, we don't sell uh, Antonio. Okay. You know, he's okay. playing TAA. Oh, he's rubbish. Liveramento is better than TAA. Keep Antonio against Liverpool's okay. dodgy defence. <laughs> Okay. Oh, Vardy. Would you sell Vardy to get Tony? No. No. Okay. There we go. <laughs> See? When, when you listen, when you listen, <laughs> Kali, uh, uh, Nick uh, Maynard, at Villain of Blue, is the man a Salah double up becoming an option? Yeah, I think so. Um, but look, it's a difficult option for, for people to get to. But there's people out there um, who, you know, they've invested in KDB, etc. Um, and... Mane is just, what's he got? Six goals now, an assist, I think. Um, he's just been consistently taking away. Back in away. form, for sure. Yeah. 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 He, he's just been, I, I feel like it's every week he's, he's scoring. I mean, obviously, we know that, not last week, the the United game, he was benched, right? And, and then he came on and, look, that happens, right? But I think he has been incredibly consistent and it is a great way to make the most of a ridiculous Liverpool attack at the moment. We've talked extensively about the amount of attempts that they've had versus the rest of the league. Um, and I mean, we've all got Salah and everyone's captaining Salah. So if you want to make the most of the Liverpool attack and an informed player, I think that if you can get to him, it's a really great move that you can make simply because it's really quite difficult for the masses to do that. And I don't think yeah. that that will happen. So I think you've got a quality player there that can be a differential for you in an incredible attacking team. So Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I love Mane, but I, I, like you could argue that getting uh, Jota is, is five millions cheaper. And, true, and still a double true. up on that attack. But that's but not going to be the differential, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it, not not as much as Mane, absolutely not. Uh, it's harder, but probably more benefit. And I agree with you on that. You know, the lot. You know, it's getting another insurance into that into that attack. If Sal if Salah lands, you know that one of the other two will will, will get will score. Uh, and that's the way it's happening at the moment. May long may it continue. Right, um, FBL teacher at FBL underscore Senate uh, monkey. I'm going to come to you. Do you, do you embrace or try to eliminate your biases? Try explaining how you deal with these. So the first one, confirmation bias, trusting XG that support players you own. Do you, you know, do you let confirmation bias fool you sometimes, rule you, or, or how do you deal with it? I think, I, I think it's something, you know, I like, I like using stats as confirmation bias. I, I tend to make my decisions based on the kind of eye test and the gut, or, or kind of I, I decide on, the kind of player or players that I want and then I would then go to the stats to kind of back that up and if the stats are like you know awful for that player then I think oh okay maybe I've called that one a little bit wrong but hopefully the stats will then back up you know my kind of gut or my eye and then I'll be like yeah, yeah. okay I'll do that so so that, that type of confirmation bias I think is very good what what I think is a poor use of confirmation bias is when people want I don't know to say buy Tony and then ask everyone on Twitter should I buy Tony 
and they say yeah. yes. And then they say, oh, there yes. you go. <laughs> and then they buy him and he blanks. And we're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I asked everyone and they said uh, buy him. And I was like, well, what? So, yeah, that's yeah. that's different. But, yeah. Yeah. Kylie, uh, what about recency bias? Last game week influences your decision most. Would you let Would you let that rule, like, basically no. jumping on that asset? Yeah. No. I mean, it um, depends on the player. Again, it depends on the player, right? So, yeah, I so, mean... People jumped on Foden, right? Because he did well. But the reason I think a lot of the good managers jumped on him, not because he got two lucky goals, is because they could see his positioning, the fixtures, the team he plays for, etc. So, yeah, sorry, t- tell me what you So, think. yeah, I, Foden is a good example right there because uh, it, it's not like Foden had been poor and then he got 18 points from a couple of lucky uh, goals. He had been consistently City's best player. So, there, when you're watching the matches, there's a lot there that's continuing to build upon that perception that actually he's he's a good option to buy. Um, I definitely don't look at the scores that someone's had just in the last game week because we see it time and again. Someone can have an amazing game. Oh, Mount, I mean, really? Need I say more? Okay. Mount, we talked about it, has never had a haul like he hauled there. And you know, he wasn't playing for the majority of the season. Um, anyone who then went to buy Mount straight after, if they went to buy Mount because they thought, it's, you know, Chelsea still have good fixtures and hopefully he can get me a bit of something, fair enough. If they bought him because they thought, oh, he's going to get me a 24-point haul again, then that's definitely a case of recency bias. I think that you need to look at more than just one game week. What I would say yeah. is sometimes, particularly if there's someone that's new, that's coming in, then you might, or say a team has had really poor fixtures and then they're coming into a good run of fixtures and, you know, they've maybe played well but not really been delivering on those points and then they finally do, but that matches up with the eye test over the course of a a slightly longer period. That could be an opportunity, especially if they're a cheap player, right, where you go, actually, I, I can see some legs in this for the next few weeks. But again, to what PJ was saying before with respect to confirmation bias, I, I think it's all about what information you're using to make that decision. If if you're making that decision yourself based on your own assessment and then you're looking at data to support it, then I think, you know, there's something in that. I think if you're basing it on other people's opinions, because they are only their opinions and they are, of course, always going to be shaped by their perception their team, their preferences, all of these things, you know, I think there's always a risk in making a decision based on that. So jumping on bandwagons because other people are jumping on bandwagons as opposed to jumping on the bandwagon because you've watched that player and you've seen the data and you think that there's something really good to be had there are wildly different things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, PJ, last one. Hindsight bias. Salah hold predictable only after it happens. I mean, I don't know how that would impact my decision, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it is frustrating when people come. Oh yeah, of course I was going to get him. Blah blah blah. You know, like. No, but... I've got, I've got, I've got no time for the. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that crowd. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Salah can't. You know, he's, the point is that he's he's looking like he's going to return every single week and indeed he looked like he was going to return against Brighton he could easily have had another double digit return he's still got five points he's he's, in, he's yeah. on a different level right now and Eat. and the armband won't be won't be going anywhere who, who have you got yeah West Ham 
I think it would be. I think that game would be tighter than a, a lot of people expect. It could also be four all. So um, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be keeping the armband on him. I think. Yeah, FBL socialist said FBL socialist uh, BJ, I'll come to you. What the fuck even is this stupid season? <laughs> well, I, I, I think this season is certainly a lot less fucking stupid than last season. So yeah, yeah. yeah. long <laughs> may it continue. Wonderful by contrast. <laughs> yeah, much much less predictable. No clear template. People, I you know, dropping that. hits left, I right, centre. There's no clear template. Yeah. So I'm many options. That, yeah. So, yeah, many, so many options that sometimes don't deliver, but they have a good fixture, so you can't really jump and see a lot of uh, different scores. That's I think that's why we're seeing so many huge score difference in the scores. This not so not it's not so congested anymore. Uh, right, FBL Alpina, Findu at FBL Alpina. What modification would you make to your house to make it more fun? Kali, what would you do to your house to make it more fun? Don't say chuck out, Paul. It's not fair. I, wouldn't. I mean, I, I think we'd have very serious concerns if I was saying that. Um, no, okay. Well, there's a lot of things that I would uh, – more fun because I was thinking about closet space being really essential and I'd, I'd love like a massive, big, huge dressing room. I mean, closet space kind of is where you go as, first. As that, but um, <laughs> but I, I'm sorry, that's more practical. Uh, the problem is then I'd fill it, so I might get in trouble there. Um I think having a, like we have, we have great outdoor space, but, you know, we are an, an apartment. Um, so I'd love to have like a sort of garden thing. I don't really like, you know, plants um, that much because hay fever, but I'd love to be able to have some sort of, you know, gazebo-y kind of thing out back, you know, with an outdoor yeah, bar. Yeah. How was like that a, a modification to your house? That's your garden. Sticking a gazebo in your garden is not. Yeah, you, not you can decide to extend. One modification. You know? to, just put a fucking slide in it. Come on, people. I don't want a slide. <laughs> Who doesn't want, want a slide? slide? Well, I'm on the well, ground floor well, no, as well. No, no, no. So listen, listen I'm, I'm with Cave. If I was to do anything, I would want to create a man cave so I can smoke my shisha and watch my football there and don't have to go and spend money outside. So that would be the extension that I would do to my house. I like oh, the modification. outdoors. Yeah, I mean, Ireland doesn't really lend itself to that, so I'd have to have like some sort of weatherproof scenario. Tisha, what would you do? Slide. What's your a slide? Yeah. <laughs> just, just so, so you, just, just so you could go from bed, helter skelter, all the way down, straight to breakfast. <laughs> Maybe a fireman's pole, just for aesthetics. You think the amount of people we've got a very high ceiling. We are our, um, our lounge and kitchen are on a mezzanine. Uh, and we've got a very high ceiling in our house, so it would really lend itself to some way of kind of <laughs> getting down there quickly. Oh, so God. yeah, I, I, you've got to think practical. You know, where where are you going to build this man yeah, cave? You're just going to you're just going to. I've been to your house, Mars. What are you going to do? Just burrow through the kitchen, you know? Yeah. And why does it have to be a man cave? Why can't Kylie come to your cave? Well, I'd actually just, just let's, let's move on before we. Too scared to say no, so it's fine. Anyone is welcome. I'd basically need to bulldoze my neighbours, right, just to take their <laughs> homes as as my garden, right, because I don't have a massive garden. I mean, I'd be willing to do it if I was given the, you know, the opportunity, truth be told. Some right. of very annoying. Right. Uh, Adam35boo at 35who. Which Premier League footballer do you think throws the shittest Halloween party? And which horrible bastard would hand out raisins to trick-or-treaters? <laughs> Well, I feel there's an obvious, a boring answer here. Go on. Who? James Milner. James Milner. Yeah, but you see, I think he's so I mean, cheeky. He's quite funny. The, he'd love it. He'd love it. The, bo- the boring James Milner is, is actually so inaccurate. It's quite funny. 
I know. I, think he's quite I know. But they, they, I think they, they play on it, right? But I mean, yeah. there'd oh, be no definitely. gin. It'd be all Ribena. That just wouldn't work for me. True, true. I don't know James Ward-Prowse just comes across a bit boring, or or Fabian Delph. I think they would have like they, there's just nothing about them. Uh, the most fun I reckon will be with the West Ham squad. They just look like a f- squad of fun players. Uh, but anyway, uh, PJ, who would give out raisins? Luca Dean. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking along those lines Absolutely instead in there. terms of. Troll trolliness. I mean, I, I I'd expect you to say Traore, Mars, to be honest. Um, but I feel like some of those real God. trolls, they promise so much and they deliver so little. Yeah, Traore would be <laughs> yeah, there rocking true. the Team Wolf look. I can see. Look at Luca Dini. He just he just he looks like he looks like a kid who had his raisins stolen at school and now wants to take revenge on everyone. <laughs> Honestly, you know. Uh, what an absolute right, fucking nice. letdown he's been this season. Anyway, uh, I mean, he, he didn't play tonight. I know, and still let us down. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on principle. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's all the questions we have. Thank you, absolute fun. Some uh, really interesting discussions and some fun questions as always. We love, we love all sorts. So let's uh, quickly move on to the last uh, section, which is the captains and transfers. So, PJ, I come to you first. Uh, you said you're captain in Salah. So I will what, be captaining Salah. I have a decision to make. I was going to ask you both about my transfers. So um, I, I'm getting rid of Benarama and probably King as as well. They've both served their time in my squad. This leaves me 12.9 million to spend. My options are in midfield. Wait for it. Don't laugh. Trossard, Gallagher, Rafinha, Mbwemo and Elise. And then up front, Tony, Mopai. Don't laugh. St. Maximin, Wilson. Don't laugh. Edouard and Huang. So, which combo, um, you know, would 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 you guys would you guys kind of go for from that if you had to pick looking, pick one from either list? Yeah, looking at the looking at the fixtures for me, and Huang potentially. I like Gallagher as well. So um, I think I think the forwards are more difficult. I think there's a lot of options in midfield. I don't know if I'd go Rafinha now. I think their fixtures are not the best. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to go. Watching Leeds. Well, watching Leeds, they're just absolutely awful. I'm sorry they're to my Leeds. Yeah. They look absolutely. He is he is the best player by far in that team, but he's just struggling to make. He literally has to do everything by himself. So until Bamford is back, I don't know. I don't know if I'll go any. I've got him and and he's there because I need to sell others, and I know that he can come out with a moment of magic. So for me, I would say Embuemo and potentially Huang. Uh, I know that Wolves have got some good fixtures, but some tough ones. But you can bench Huang. And play your, you know, your your, your beloved Livermento. Sometimes. Yes, yes, makes makes sense. Kylie, um, uh, Mbwemo, well, Gallagher, or Trossard. I mean, thank you for narrowing it down because you mentioned about forty-seven names the first time yeah. you asked that question. <laughs> just, just giving so, you one of those three first. I mean, quite clearly not Trossard because I hate him so vehemently, and it feels like a personal attack every time. Yeah, he but scores. this isn't your team, Kylie. It's mine, so. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to have to see or hear about you benefiting from Trossard points. You know, that's how deep this, this runs. This is making so, me want to buy Trossard so much. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I should have considered reverse psychology when I started answering this question. Um, I quite like both uh, Mbuemo and Gallagher, to be honest. I, I think that yeah. um, Crystal Palace have been decent. Uh, They've had some real horror fixtures, and he's done quite well. Obviously, he went a little bit quiet for a period in there, but, you know, he was back returning again against City, no less. Uh, Fixtures are better on the whole. I don't think they have an amazing run at any point this season, but 
largely they're good. So I think he's really quite essential to and, and central to what they do. Um, so I like him uh, or Mbwemo. I Look, I like Huang. I have Huang in my team. I think he's great value. He scored tonight, was ruled out, obviously, for being offside. Um, I, can, uh, I can do that. I've just looked. I could, so instead of – if I could leave Josh King and I could take out Alan um, and bring in Gallagher and uh, Mbwemo – they're thus leaving me with the exact sort of benching headache that I've just done a five-minute rant lambasting everybody for. Wonderful. So, Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. You love that yeah, kind of Let's be honest. Yeah. PJ, PJ you, met, you kept mentioning Dennis. I mean, let's be honest. Five times out of – nine times out of ten, you'd bench Dennis or King uh, if Watford are not playing at home against a shit team. You would, but yes, it's just a waste, it's just a waste yeah. of a million. King's 5.5. Yeah, five, so I'm benching him every absolutely. week. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Anyway, so yes, uh, so these are your moves. Okay, Kylie, what about you? Um, so I am obviously captaining Salah, uh, not even thinking about it. Um, in terms of my, my moves, kind of alluded to it earlier on the pod. Uh, obviously, Embuemo's back. I, my team have, have good fixtures, really good fixtures, actually, um, to the point where I've got a sort of Livramento kind of headache because I would like to actually start him, but I don't know who for. Um, the one that I want to change is, is Azpilicueta. And I, because of the fact that I feel like I'm okay in terms of my bench, I'm depending on midweek fixtures, probably going to change him. He, that's not to say that he won't play at the weekend, but I just think that the time for him has come and gone. He wasn't someone I intended to have on my wild card. So is it Asby to James or Asby to Chilwell? No, I don't. I wouldn't be going James for the reasons I said. I, I think James has a great high ceiling as well. But the problem with James is that he gets subbed on so often at the end of a match, cool. whereas Chilwell doesn't. So I, you know, it would therefore block that first on the bench option, yeah. and I don't want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Well, I, I'm also captain in Salah. I think. Uh... Yeah, I think Liverpool West Ham will be a, a great game to the way they're playing. It'll be a great game to watch. I think there'll be plenty of goals. I think their defence is, is you, you can get at them. I think they will attack us, which will leave spaces, which is what happened the last time we played them and scored an amazing goal. So, yeah, always a good game against West Ham. It's it's going to be uh, one of the hardest games that we've had in the last, well, I don't know, five or six games. So, should be fun to watch. And um, most likely the win Sato and Buemo. It was my plan for a long time ago. I, I'm a sucker for good fixtures and I'm a sucker for a player who is out of position and always looking to shoot and creating chances. And hopefully those, you know, move a, a bit, an inch here or there or a millimetre here and there and go the other side of the post into the goal. So, yeah, that would be my move, most likely, unless an injury pops up. Uh, so that's all we have time. Thank you again for all the questions and um, uh, keep them coming. We, we, love, we love all of that to bring the discussion and keep it alive. Uh, I have been Mars at Mars05. Uh, she's been Kylie at Kylie FBL. He's been PJ at Hindu Monkey. We have been the Three Amigos at the Three Amigos FBL. Please uh, like and rate our pod if you uh, like what you listen. That's the only thing that, uh, or what you hear from us, it's the only thing that we ask you to do. Uh, don't hate on the jam. We all, we might not all like jam, but bench jam is fine and okay sometimes. Stay safe and adios amigos. 